What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me as always is Hani Amadian. Hani, the Lakers are officially back, man. And it feels like uh, they won the title last week. Like, what's what's going on? Uh, I mean, it feels like they won the title last night, too, really, uh, for I mean, for keeping it 100. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was—I mean, last year I was told you get to raise a banner after opening night. This year, I think we should raise a banner after opening night of the preseason as well. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good uh, about the Lakers. Feeling pretty good about our next star duo uh, after LeBron and AD being Taylor Horton Tucker and Devonte Kaycock. Um, so a lot, a lot of happy thoughts all around for me. To be honest, we don't even need Kaycock. All we need is THT, baby. He's gonna he's gonna carry us back to the promised land and keep us there. So, uh, yeah. In today's episode, everybody, we're gonna be talking about the Lakers' 87-81 preseason win over the LA Clippers, the preseason opener. Uh, not this probably won't be an overly long stream uh, because <laughs> Honey and I were just discussing this. The four like. Probably the Lakers' four best players, or at least four of their best players, did not play uh, in this game. No LeBron, no AD, no KCP, no Mark Gasol. And the Clippers obviously went too deep into their bench in the second half, and, and Kawhi and Paul George didn't play a whole lot. But I, I will just say Clippers were only missing one guy. Lakers sat pretty much all their good players, and uh, they won. So obviously they're going to repeat as champions. Exactly. I, I think it's it's a important to remind everybody at this juncture that not only did the Clippers lose to the Lakers uh, second string guys, but they also blew a 3-1 lead in the second round of the NBA playoffs last year. They're on a four-game losing streak if you go back to, uh, <laughs> to the playoffs in the Orlando bubble. but <laughs> They haven't won in Staples Center since like March. That's true. I, th- I, think, I think it's time for Ty Lue to be put on the hot seat, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they gave they gave Paul George his his extension. I think it's time to trade Kawhi Leonard and and see what you can. If you, maybe you'll get like a protected second round pick for Paul George, and just, maybe just time to blow it up. You, you're zero one in the preseason. No, no, no. You can't trade Paul George. He is back to his trainer that he had in his <laughs> MVP year. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I think you got to build around that guy. But yeah, you can you can trade Kawhi. Well, to be fair, I won the lottery a couple years ago when I had two of the correct numbers. So just would like to throw that out there. I still haven't collected my winnings yet, but I, I, I'm still I, waiting for that in the mail. I actually had the same trainer as Paul George that year, and I won Defensive Player of the Year. And I wasn't even playing in the NBA. That's how good that trainer is. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that trainer, man. Shout out to the – I don't know who it is, but shout out to you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the the preseason – Win for the Lakers, kind of our takeaways from it. Again, probably not going to be overly long because it's game one of the preseason. The <laughs> season just ended for the Lakers two months ago. Uh, it was two months to the day that the Lakers won the title, and then they're playing in their first preseason game. So uh, you can only expect so much, and they're, they're going to load manage some of these guys, as we saw yesterday um, by the time we're recording this. And, yeah, so – We'll, we'll talk about our takeaways in this episode, and then uh, if we have time at the end, we'll get to the chat and all that stuff. So let's uh, let's finally jump on in here. Honey, what were some – really the main thing I think that jumped out was Taylor Horton Tucker in this game. He got a lot, of, a lot of playing time like I kind of anticipated he would. Been a lot of good things said about him coming out of training camp. Frank Vogel's been very uh, – 
very high on him, and I think maybe that dates back to his uh, obvious playoff dominance against the Houston Rockets uh, when Frank Vogel went to his heat check and THT came out and played really well. But we saw a lot more of that in this game too. He looked uh, really, really good. Yeah, I think uh, the thing with Taylor right now is obviously because he is so, so young. Um, every game that he plays, it feels like uh, when he first gets into the game, in this case he was starting, he is just incredibly rushed and he's trying to do way too much. Uh, last night, that man had no interest in passing the ball for <laughs> the first quarter at all. He was shooting everything, uh, which I loved for the record. Um, but every time also he seems to really grow into the game as it goes along, if he has given a, a long enough opportunity to play. Um, and I think last night was a perfect example of that. He didn't have a great shooting night. Uh, he's, he's not really a great shooter at this point in his career anyway, but he also wasn't really finishing around the rim very well last night. But that he can really just stuff the stat sheet. Um, I think he ended up with, let's see, 19 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals last night. Um, some just incredible plays. His ball handling is, is so great already at, at his age. Uh, he has a bunch of great defensive tools that I think, you know, you, you can see him become a good defender in his future if if the Lakers really do develop him well. And some of his passing chops as well. He had just one incredible sort of pocket pass to Kaycock early on in the game that had me almost jumping out of my seat in a preseason game, which uh, I felt ashamed about. But also, it's it's just so much so much fun watching him play right now because. Uh, you don't have high expectations for him. You're not expecting him to get a ton of playing time. Basically, anything he does on a basketball court right now is playing with house money. But he, if he keeps this up, he's really going to be forcing Vogel's hand into at least trying to get him into the rotation as much as possible because he definitely seems like he deserves it. He seems like somebody who, at least in the course of a regular season, um, can really get out there and do some valuable things for the team. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's a guy. I mean, at he's he's really impressive because of his age and what some of the things that he can do. Obviously, when you know you get some of these young guys, these nineteen, twenty year olds that come into the league, and uh, THT is only twenty years old, and obviously the the physicality standpoint of the league, right? Like these guys often come in and their bodies just aren't really ready for it. There's a lot of times they get kind of bullied physically and all that kind of stuff, and. He doesn't really deal with that. Like he, he's kind of the bully a lot of times when he goes to the basket. And I think there was one play with Luke Kennard that he, uh, he just like used his, basically lowered his shoulder into him and just like, just totally discarded him and then went up for an easy layup. So uh, he's he's yeah, LeBron flex thing too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like he is uh, definitely, definitely advanced in some areas of his game. Obviously, the shot making uh, has a long way to go. I think defensively he has a long way to go. Uh, but some of the overall feel for the game stuff, I think he's a pretty crafty finisher already. And some of that is due to kind of his his physical gifts. Like the, his arms are just crazy long. Like it's so weird to see a guy that's six foot four, but also have a seven one wingspan. Like it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. But he's he's pretty crafty and uh, he he's definitely a confident player, right? And I think that that's important for young players because a lot of these guys come in. It might be kind of overwhelming to 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 play in a league of grown men that are, you know, bigger, faster, stronger out of the gate. And maybe, I mean, I think probably playing in this culture, 
Um, you know, <laughs> coming in as a rookie, Frank Vogel, experienced coach, Phil Handy, good player development coach, a lot of experience on that coaching staff. And then there was a ton of experience around him on the roster as well. Probably did some good things for him, not to mention the, the hiatus that the, the NBA had to kind of deal with. Gave him basically an offseason within the season. So I think stuff like that has kind of helped him. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of this preseason because I think he's he's definitely a confident player. And he, he's shown legitimate flashes offensively that he could be you know a, a decent role player for this team this year. Yeah, I think for a player like him, this has been basically a perfect situation for him. He comes into a, a veteran team with high expectations. Um you know, high expectations for the team, but very low ones for him. Obviously, nobody really expected him to do a whole lot last year or even this year. Um, but it's given him this opportunity to be playing against some of the best players in the world and just kind of fine-tuning his game against them uh, every day in practice uh, on top of getting uh, plenty of playing time with, with the G League team and then getting, you know, some sporadic chances uh, throughout the regular season and in that playoff game that you mentioned earlier. On top of obviously the great coaches that the Lakers have uh, have had, you know, really helping him develop those skills, I think this has been just perfect for him to to really come in with these raw talent, you know, this raw talent and physical tools that he has that are just so tantalizing. And now he gets to just pick uh, pick a bunch of players' brains, pick a bunch of uh, coaches' brains, and by all accounts, he's he's been doing that. You know, uh, I think Kyle Kuzma had a quote after the game where he said he's basically been like a sponge in practice trying to get as much information as he can from the players. And you can tell that his teammates and his coaches have really high hopes for him and really like him. Everybody after the game was talking about him. Uh, LeBron and, and Jared Dudley were on Twitter calling him special. Um, Wes Matthews today had a quote about Kawhi uh, coming up to him at, at some point, coming up to Wesley Matthews and asking him of how old Taylor Horton uh, Tucker was because he was just basically surprised at how good he was already. So uh, he's definitely turning a lot of heads, and you know, I, it's it's obviously important to to temper expectations and not not get too carried away. Although, oh man, I love getting carried away, but um, it's also really easy to see what kind of uh, player he can become if if he's following this path and if the Lakers can continue to develop on this well there's there's a pretty high ceiling for a guy that was picked in what the second round or whatever it was <clears throat> yeah I mean the Lakers I think bought a pick just so they could get him it was kind of like yeah. a Jordan Clarkson situation all over again but um, <clears throat> yeah I I just hope they can develop him defensively because I think he has the tools defensively I mean like we said six foot four seven foot one wingspan all that stuff uh those are those are definitely some some things you can work with defensively and create some havoc and, and deflections and contest shots and things like that. So I'm I'm hoping you know we see some strides there defensively this year. Um, but he is 20 years old, so you know it's it's reasonable to expect it to take even a couple years. Even though he's in, like you said, honey, a really great situation for a young player, and he has shown legitimate flashes offensively. Um, I'm excited about the kid's future. I really am, and I hope that the Lakers hold on hold on to him and, and allow him to develop kind of under their watch and we can see what he's got. So I'm excited for his future, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm curious, really curious to see what he does this year because he uh, has so far from what we've seen, you know, in his brief little, little playoff runs and then what we just saw last night, he, uh, you know, definitely I think deserves a look at the very least this year to, to, mm -hmm. to get some, some minutes in the rotation and kind of evaluate from there. So, um, <clears throat> all right, let's transition to another player who I thought 
was pretty good and I think is going to be very good for the team this year. And that was Montrez Harrell. I don't even think it was necessarily his like best game or even like remotely close to it. I don't even think it was like an A game for him, but I thought he still had a pretty good impact on the game. And I think he showed that I think he's going to be a fan favorite this year with his, his motor, his hustle, his energy, and just the kind of the, the intensity and tenacity that he plays with. Uh, I think that was pretty evident early. I think he nearly had a double double going into the half and you could, you could just see, I think why, why fans are going to love his game this year. Yeah, I think, uh, Trez's mentality, uh, it, it can kind of go either way. It depends on basically how, how the team is going. If the team is not performing well, I think he has a sort of personality that, that could rub guys the wrong way. And it seemed like that might've been the case with the Clippers last year, but when the team is clicking, I think he is a guy that, yeah, both his teammates and, and fans are going to love because like you said, his energy last night for the first game of preseason where nobody really cares much was incredible. Um, he was playing hard. He was getting pissed off at foul calls. Um, he was trash talking his former team. It, it was really, really fun to watch. And it was, you know, kind of a, a the, the little spark of energy that, that that game had, which there wasn't a lot of, but he provided it. Um, and also his quotes after the game, man, I, I, I loved it. He's talking about how, you know, what who cares what the Clippers look like? That's got nothing to do with me right now. That he had he had he had a job to get done again in the first game of preseason. Um, there there's a lot to like about uh, Montres Harold, the person and the personality. I think uh, as a basketball player, we're we're still not getting uh, you know everything uh, about him as a player from that game. And I think uh, one of the main takeaways that I had. Last night was about the team's chemistry in general, which seemed to not be great because obviously a lot of these guys have literally not played basketball with each other um, other than in some scrimmages. And I think his uh, his pick and roll chemistry with Dennis Schroeder especially just seemed off at, at a lot of times. But those two seem to be communicating basically after every play, both offensively and defensively, which I loved. Um, so I, I think it's going to take a while for us to see what kind of impact he's going to have as a basketball player um, on both ends of the floor. But at least in terms of just his mentality, his energy, his hustle, I have nothing but good words to say about his quote-unquote debut with the team last night. Yeah, 100%. And I think I, I, kind of the caveat there too is like from what we saw last night, there's probably going to be a lot of minutes where he's playing next to Mark Gasol, he's playing next to Anthony Davis. Yeah. So it's going to be a little different with how just things kind of navigate um, when he's on the court this year. But, yeah, I mean, just all that stuff, the, the motor, the the energy is, is something fans, I think, naturally gravitate to with a player like that. But I think he's going to have some some games this year where he has very, very big nights. And I think the, the, the fan base is really going to like him a lot. And especially, I think, you know, having those energy type guys when there's no fans in attendance this year or, or – you know, in some some venues, going to be very minimal fans. Uh, that's that's important to have to have that guy that you know, yeah. kind of almost. Per, I wouldn't say prevents you from coming out flat, but he's usually going to be that spark that makes it happen a lot less often, um, especially with a, a schedule that can be a little crammed and and things like that. They're you know playing seventy two games in what six months, so um, it's uh, <clears throat> it's just nice to have a guy like that on the team, and especially a guy that is. As, as capable as he is uh, of providing and not, not only energy, but just a lot of uh, just, I mean, a lot of good things. So I also, one thing I really like about big guys, and maybe I'm weird about this, but like as, as a guy that grew up playing a guard and like in pick and rolls, I hate, always hated bigs that avoided contact. 
on screens. And mm-hmm. I noticed noticed it last night with him that he doesn't really avoid contact on screens. He he sets pretty solid screens, which is kind of uh, such a it's a small detail, but it's such a key thing in the pick and roll game that I think him and Schroeder this year especially are are really going to feast on second units when they're when they're out there together. Yeah, I think uh, his pick and roll game is just you know I I, I think he's genuinely one of the better bigs in the league in, in terms of uh, uh, his pick and roll game. Um, yeah, the setting setting hard screens, getting contact, getting that separation, especially for a guy like Shooter who just thrives in in open space and, and having the speed to get around the second guy, the, the the big that will have to basically be on an island against them in those sort of situations um, is is huge. And when the when those two really get their chemistry together, where now uh, Harold's expecting the passes at the right time and, and uh, Shooter is throwing them at the right time. And you know the angles of the screens and all the all the other details of, of those plays. I think it's very clear that that should be a really valuable weapon for the Lakers, at least in the regular season when those two are going to get a ton of minutes, and hopefully in the playoffs as well as as often as they uh, will get a chance to fine tune it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Schroeder was the was the <clears throat> the other guy I wanted to really talk about because I mean a lot of the a lot of the guys that played last night. Um, we don't know what their role is, like Quinn Cook, Devontae Kaycock, guys like that. We don't really know what their role is on this team or, you know, a guy like Cook. We don't know for sure how long he's going to be on the team, if he makes it throughout the season and all that stuff. But yeah. um, Schroeder is a guy that uh, is really interesting because I don't think he played overly well yesterday, but he showed enough flashes of what this team – he brings an element to this team that they don't have elsewhere, um, maybe, yeah. out, maybe outside of a guy like LeBron. Uh, Schroeder's decision making last night was not great. I think he had six turnovers, and so you know, got himself into some tough spots, and basically like made some uh, some drives to the basket that he kind of determined before he went like I'm I'm driving to the basket here, like no matter what, yeah. and got himself into some trouble. But um, he's got legitimate burst uh, with the ball in his hands. He's got you know that speed, that quickness mm-hmm. that I think the Lakers will will really enjoy, uh, not only out in transition but in the half court game as well with that that pick and roll and he hit a couple of threes like if he's able to shoot threes like he did last season I think that's a big plus for this team uh moving forward yeah I think uh I actually I I said this last night while I was live tweeting the game as well that yeah he he wasn't having a great game uh the decision making was part of it the chemistry with uh Trez was part of it I think um some of those turnovers I think you could argue were were Harold's fault even if they were attributed to to Schroeder but that's just kind of that chemistry being built but yeah, he brings a lot of uh, just valuable skills. That speed, uh, other than KCP, I think for, at the guard position, nobody else has for the Lakers. Uh, the three-point shooting as uh, as a, sort of a secondary weapon for him when he plays off the ball next to LeBron, which is something uh, Frank Wogel said is going to happen quite a bit this year, is, is just in, uh, super crucial for this team, um, having that sort of spacing from their point guard. Um, and then on top of that, I think he just brings some sort of uh, like chaos element to to the game. Like he has a sort of chaotic energy, which sometimes can be bad. And we talked about this after the trade happened that sometimes uh, th- those aspects of his game uh, can have a negative in- impact. He can be a little bit too much. He can try to do too much. But um, there's also times when a, a team like that really needs it. He can, he can break down uh, defenses that are geared to basically stop the Lakers from getting to the rim because he just has uh, a different sort of rhythm to his game than anybody else on this team really has. And part of that is just his speed. 
his change of directions, his change of pace, uh, the hesitation move that he has in those pick and rolls, I think is one of the best in the league. Um, and I think that is going to add a whole lot of dynamic elements to the Lakers offense in general. Yeah, definitely. I think just having different elements to the offense is going to be key. And I think a guy like Schroeder, especially, you know, one of the kind of the younger, like uh, younger pieces that they added to this roster, I think are going to be important with this, this, you know, the circumstances of the regular season and the short turnaround, the jam packed schedule, all that stuff. I think it's guys like him are going to be important this year because, not only, you know, with OKC, they were in the bubble, but they got put out in Game 7 in the, the first-round matchup against the Rockets. So he did have a little bit more time off and, and things like that. So the kind of the, some of those newer players, those newer acquisitions that got some extended time could be kind of crucial for this team moving forward. And I think, uh, obviously, Schroeder will be big there, but I think his his on-court ability as, as well is going to be important for this team because, like I said, he he brings an element to this team that really not many other people have. I mean, LeBron still kind of does um, with you know his his playmaking, obviously, and and his his speed, his burst, his athleticism. Uh, even though he's not obviously in his prime anymore, he's still to me the best player in the world, and he's he's going to bring that kind of stuff. So um, I'm I'm excited for Shooter, man. It's you're probably going to have some up and downs. Uh, probably like Montrez Harrell, I think, is probably going to have some ups and downs, like. Uh, you know, he took a couple mid-range jumpers last night. Uh, one was not close, um, but you know you're gonna have some. Ups and Kawhi and downs. let him know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you're gonna have those ups and downs, but it's. Uh, I think you're gonna have a lot more ups than downs with those those two guys, especially. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to it, especially with those two working together as a duo, presumably with uh, with the second unit. And I'm. I'm just I'm just really excited. You know, it, it was an ugly game to watch. I think I tweeted out I, I feel like I was watching an early 2000s Eastern Conference like an Eastern Conference Finals matchup where it was like are we sure these teams are going to get out of the 70s and uh they they got in the 80s but it was not pretty, man. I mean, both teams shot I think like 35, yeah, 35% from the field. They were both 30 30 of 84. Uh, Lakers were 31% from three, 27% from three for the Clippers. And, yeah, it was just not a lot of shot making going around. It very much looked like a first preseason game of the year for for both teams. And it was ugly, but uh, it was cool to see. And basically, I think in this preseason, you're just looking for flashes of certain things. And I think we saw some of those with, with the guys that we mentioned. Yeah, and I think one thing that wasn't ugly about this game was Wesley Matthews. Um, uh, sorry, I, I couldn't help myself with that segue, but I did want to talk about uh, Wes a little bit because I think he's he's a guy that's probably going to go under the radar a lot this year because he's just not a, as dynamic of a player or as exciting or flashy of a player. But I think last night I was really impressed with just the sort of like mentality that he had coming into the game where he, he was really playing his ass off defensively which is what you expect from Wesley Matthews because it's Wesley Matthews, but you don't really expect it in the first game of the preseason. He's diving for loose balls, which, <laughs> I, you know, it, it makes me nervous because I don't want guys getting hurt. And we had a little bit of a scare with Alex Caruso as well. But uh, it's also really exciting to see a, a guy like that, a veteran that's been in the league forever, just trying to instill that mentality right away. And the Lakers, it actually kind of reminds me of um, the Lakers crediting Avery Bradley early last year for their defensive mentality in camp, basically just coming in and, and trying to take people's uh, lunch money in, in camp the entire time. 
Um, I think Wesley Matthews can have that same sort of role and impact on this team as just a guy that's never going to stop uh, playing defense. And I think the Lakers do do need that sort of guy, especially since, you know, on paper, it seems like this team might not be as strong defensively as it was last year. So I think having Wesley Matthews kind of instill that mentality this early on, on top of his, you know, three-point uh, shooting on the other end as well, which is going to be just a, a valuable asset as well. But uh, that, that defense-first approach to him, I think, is going to be really valuable moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, diving on the floor thing because I'm just like, <laughs> hey, man, that's like that's, I, you know, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, just please, like all year, I'm just going to be like, please don't get hurt. I don't care what playoff seed you guys get. Just be healthy going into playoffs, and then we'll, we'll rock and roll. But like <laughs> diving on the floor in the preseason, I was like, that's awesome. Like, I love having a guy like that on the team. Because, you know, yeah. a guy like Montrez Harrell is going to be the same kind of way, right? Like, Exactly. The, the just guys that just get after it. And I think Frank Vogel is going to love that. The coaching staff, the the fans, everybody's going to love that. And um, <laughs> they're I think they're ready for, for game number one. I, I think they're ready for the regular season to start, which is a little over a week now. And um, yeah. it's, it's just cool to see a guy like that kind of set the tone early, kind of like you said diving on the floor in a preseason game for a guy that's been on, in the league for quite some time and has been on some good basketball teams and uh, has definitely seen a lot of things in the league. So that's um, re- it's really cool, and I think it sends a good message to everybody else that, you know, this is, this is how we got to play. You know, this is if we want to win, this is yeah. how it's got to be. So uh, love to see stuff like that. <clears throat> all right, that's all I had for this preseason game. I mean, there wasn't a ton to talk about. Like we said, it was a very ugly game offensively. A lot of, a lot of guys missed a lot of shots, and the Lakers found a way to win. Maybe we'll see a little more um, on Sunday when they play the, the Clippers again. And we're actually going to be, I think, we're going to try to stream during that game. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I can't, like, broadcast the game or anything or play audio but i think honey and i are going to try to stream while the game is on so if any of you want to join like kind of like a little watch party we'll watch the game together and we can kind of react together and all that stuff and just kind of see how that goes and have some fun with it so um if you guys are interested in that we should be live during the game and <laughs> casey people drop 50 to one. <laughs> um, yeah uh so that should be fun that should be fun hopefully we get to see you know some some more guys out there. Obviously, Markeith, I, I didn't mention him earlier. Markeith Morris didn't play, his, play either. So, um, so, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A few more preseason games to go, and then we're, we're, we're officially back at it. Yeah, I think uh, as much as I was kind of dreading basketball coming back so soon, after one preseason game, I'm like, all right, let's get, let's get the real ones going. I'm ready again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't get to consider this a warning tweet from the Lakers. I think they decided – I was really hoping <laughs> really hoping they, you know, dropped a consider this a warning, and it was just all about Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, they could have tweeted – a great idea. They could have tweeted at Giannis and been like, consider this a warning. Your MVP days are over. But – uh you know, still got to probably, you know, I don't know if they're going to try and sign him next uh, next summer or what. Obviously, you know, you, what's better than one Antetokounmpo? Two, maybe three Antetokounmpo's. I mean, there's, there's a fourth one too, right? The, like prob- probably at this point. Yeah. I mean, just sign the whole family if you can. So just get all the Antetokounmpo's and all the Gasol's, all three of them. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> and we will prosper. <laughs> um, all right. Um, 
We'll, we'll jump into some chat questions real quick. Uh, I have only had the Twitch chat pulled up. So if you have, if you've, if you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook and you had a question, uh, drop it again so that it'll pop up on my, uh, on my screen. Uh, I forgot to switch it over, but, um, Bevers, I don't, I don't need to hear about me getting benched, uh, for the Eagles. So you, you need to calm down with that. It's way too soon to, to bring that up, but, uh, do you think? I thought this was an interesting question from Bevers. Was do you think someone needs to get traded so that THT can get consistent minutes? That is an interesting question. I I wouldn't go that far yet. As much as I would love for THT to get those minutes, I think um, you know if you're looking at the guard positions for the Lakers, they got uh, Schroeder, KCP, Caruso, and. Um, uh, Weston Matthews right now, and I think all four of those are probably comfortably more reliable than THD at the moment. Um, we're obviously hoping that THD THD's ceiling is higher than some of those guys, and in a couple of years, he's going to be able to replace them. I think he kind of gives you that flexibility, though, that uh, if the need comes for a trade where you're trading one of those guys to maybe get a big or get a wing, then he can slot in. Um, and in the future, if you know, if next year, let's say Dennis Schroeder gets a bigger contract from somebody than the than the Lakers are willing to give up, then maybe they don't need to get another guard and they can just have THD kind of take that spot. Or if uh, in a couple of years they decide to trade KCP uh, to get a you know use his contract to get a star, then maybe THD can take his spot. I think right now it isn't so much about trying to force him into the rotation as much as possible. Although I would love for him to get some minutes in the regular season, some legit ones. Um, it's more about just kind of building building and developing those skills so that in a couple of years, yes, he's going to be ready to be a legitimate, uh, impactful contributor for this team. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't want to get, you know, too ahead of myself with, with THT or anything like that. So, like, it, I think he's going to get some minutes here and there, and you can never have enough depth, especially in a season like this, where you're going to have nights where you're going deep into your bench and you're playing guys more minutes than they're probably accustomed to. Um, so you can be patient with it. He's <laughs> The kid's only 20 years old. He can't even drink legally yet. So uh, it's – yeah, I don't think anybody really needs to be traded yet. You kind of have to get some games under your belt, kind of assess the roster, the fit, you know, everywhere and all that stuff, and then kind of figure that out. Um but I, I think he's just naturally going to earn some minutes here and there. And yeah. if he gets a consistent spot in the rotation, then perfect, you know, even better. But Lakers going to be patient with him. He's, he's 20. Uh, <laughs> they got a very good team. So uh, it's, it's a nice yeah. problem to, to have for sure. So um, I thought I saw more questions in the, in the chat earlier. I, maybe they just disappeared or whatever. But uh, that was pretty much all I could see. I mean, we, Zane, of course, said KCP is going to drop 50 tomorrow. Uh, I might have to hold him to that. I might have to make him uh, make uh, make a bet on that. So we'll have to we'll have to see. But it's going to be funny if KCP just, like, doesn't play tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to drop 50 when he doesn't Listen, play. Zane was KCP hive before basically anybody. So I'm just going to take his word for him. For He is absolutely dropping 50 points. You heard it here first. Or well, you heard it from Zane first. You heard it from me second, <laughs> but I'm all the way in on the KCP hype train. Are we sure Zane? Does, are we sure Zane doesn't run the KCP uh, burner Twitter account? <laughs> Zane is Tanner. Tanner, whatever numbers after it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We did. All right. Bevers came through with yeah. one. One more question. Uh, how did you like Kyle Kuzma's passing besides the bad lob in the game? <laughs> uh, first of all, I I love. Uh, 
Kuzma's bad lobs from now on will just remind me of the one uh, in the playoffs last year where he tried to throw it behind his back and it just soared over everybody's head. It's the greatest play that I've ever seen on a basketball court. Um, I think I, I, he sort of like uh, Talon, I think, kind of grew into the game as it, as it went along. He, he was a little bit shaky early, I thought, but uh, the game went along. You know, his, his offense kind of opened up. He hit some shots, which I think opened up the rest of the floor for him. And yeah, his passing, I think, last night was really great. Uh, he's always kind of shown those flashes of being a decent playmaker. It's just never been consistent. Um, so I would love, you know, if that's something that he adds to his game on top of this sort of like three and D role that he's been playing, um, you know, basically since the bubble last year, that would be great. Cause I think he is probably too dynamic of a player, uh, to just be put into a three and D role, even though there's a chance that he could be really good at that. But I think if he also has the ability to now put the ball on the floor, when, when teams are closing out hard on them and, and try to make some plays, then that turns them into a much, much better player. Yeah, and he has that ability that he can hit, you know, some difficult shots and, and things like that yeah. where um, sometimes that's necessary. You get deep into the shot clock, you need a guy that can kind of create something out of nothing, and he's, he has that trait about him. Um, I saw way too many hot takes, I think, regarding Kyle Kuzma last night, regarding his body language, and I knew we would get some kind of hot takes in game one of the preseason. I mean, I thought my take of the Lakers repeating as champions going 88-0 with Taylor Horton Tucker winning finals and league MVP uh, was a mild take last night. But, yeah. you know, yeah. nothing too out of the question, I, I think, based on what we saw. It was like a tiny bit of steam coming up from it. That's that's about how hot it was. It was like, it was like, it was it was like, like mild uh, sauce. Yeah, you put it in your mouth, you kind of have to take a little bit of a gasp, but it goes down pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the note that we're signing off on right there. So, <laughs> All right, we are going to get out of here. As always, guys, uh, this will be up um, probably Sunday morning. Um, and it's going to take some time to render and edit and all that stuff. But uh, it'll be up Sunday morning on all those podcast platforms for any of you that listen on that. And, of course, as always, we record these live on Facebook Live. So like us on Facebook, just facebook.com slash LakersOutsiders. Uh, you can follow or subscribe to us on Twitch, just twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. And then you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We live stream on all three of those platforms. So if you don't want to wait for it to be edited and all that stuff, uh, you can watch us live. And you can see you know, our, our beautiful faces and we you watch <laughs> us act like idiots and laugh at each other and all that fun stuff. So uh, tomorrow will be interesting uh, watching the, the game live, uh, assuming we're able to, to get that done. Uh, I wanted to do another show this week, but I also forgot when we recorded last week what week it was, and it was finals week, <laughs> which is uh, a lot of final prep and uh, final projects and all that stuff. So that was a nightmare, but that is uh, out of the way. So definitely some more shows coming your guys' way. Uh, so I appreciate those of you that, that follow along, that have subscribed to us and all that stuff and, and show Show us a lot of love. So uh, I'm looking forward to a lot more shows with you guys this year and with Hani, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some more guests and stuff like that on here as well. So, all right, we're getting out of here. So we will be on, uh, I think it's, is it 5 o'clock Pacific time tomorrow? The game tips off. I believe it's on ESPN. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think it's it's somewhere around there. So uh, we, we should be here for tip, and uh, we're gonna watch this watch the game live, and hopefully, uh, you know, we see some some fun basketball being played, some better basketball than we saw uh, about 24 hours ago. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. 
You can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. Of course, you can uh, follow Lakers Outsiders on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook as well and get all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. Um, I'm going to, while this thing uh, kind of renders, I'm going to go play some video games or something uh, over on my Twitch. Uh, so if you guys have Laker questions or want to talk Laker basketball, you can follow me over there, just twitch.tv slash swishgk. All right, honey, uh, until uh, tomorrow when we're watching the game, I guess uh, we'll get out of here. So thank you guys so much for listening. But uh, with Hani Amadian and the Lakers Outsiders, this is Gary Kester signing off. Shout out Matt Barnes. <laughs>